music is groovy and makes you feel happy like an old time movie. I'll tell you about the magic and the free of soul, but it's like trying to tell a stranger about a rock and roll. Believe in magic, don't bother to choose if it's junk and music or rhythm and blues. Just go and listen. Welcome back to another edition of Broomsticks and Butterbeer. I'm Dan Rhino. I'm Jessica Rhino. And we're switching things up a little bit because we got a new microphone set up. So we do. I, I'm learning how to do this. Hopefully this improves our podcast. The sound quality? Yes. Or the content? Because no. I don't see how this is going to affect the no, content. The content's not going to get any better. It's just... Me struggling through it and you trying to hold my hand. Oh, It's not going to get any better. We could okay. hold hands. Okay. Like, for real. Okay. We can't bump the table, though. That'll mess up our sound quality. I don't think so. I don't think with these mics, I don't think it's going to oh. matter. Kind of, we're kind of, kind of doing a fancy thing here. Uh, you are upset, though, because I made the mistake of giving myself the blue mic and you the yellow mic. And as all of our listeners know, that that's completely wrong because I have the Hufflepuff microphone and I am not a Hufflepuff. But you like to kiss Hufflepuffs, so oh. if you want to so, give the microphone a little kiss, kissy kiss, <laughs> you can. I think I'll pass because you use this with your uh, other fella friends. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, last time we were together, we talked about Chapter 17, which was very animal-focused. Yes. Because it was titled Cat, Rat, and Dog. Not the cat, the rat, and the dog, or the adventures of Cat, Rat, and Dog. <laughs> Just Cat, Rat, and Dog. This was probably when J.K. Rowling was feeling a little tired. Yeah, a little and sleepy. Just, and just needed a... Just, okay, it's got a cat, rat, and dog in it. That's going to be the done. title. I'm done. I'm not going to come, come up with anything more creative than that. But it was a big chapter, and I'm going to try to go through it and try to recap it real quick. So this is what I got. Uh, Buckbeak just, just got executed. Scabbers was found. Scabbers runs off. There's a big black dog that shows up. The Grim, Jessica. Oh, the Grim. Yes, there was so much Grim last, uh, last episode. The big black, black dog almost kills Ron, drags Ron into a passage... Underneath the Whomping Willow, the passage leads to the Shrieking Shack in Hogsmeade. The dog is really serious black. Dun, the, dun, dun! The trio overpowers Sirius Black. Sirius is saved by Lupin. Lupin says Sirius isn't that bad after all. Lupin found them on the Marauder's map because he co-wrote the map. Uh, Lupin is a werewolf, too, by the way. And Sirius <laughs> never killed Peter Pettigrew because Scabbers is Peter Pettigrew. Yeah, yeah, that about sums it up. Chapter 17. Oh, I should have timed that. In a, in a nutshell. <laughs> and I, 30 second summary. I got to find where my notes Your are. Your other notes? Chapter. Okay, I got it. That moves We're us on in business. to chapter 18. Which is like the shortest chapter ever. Thank goodness. No, oh, I want to read the next chapter. I needed a short chapter, though. I needed this in my life. Okay. Because you want to go for a run later? No, it's just because your dog's trying to eat your microphone. <laughs> He's just sniffing it. It's just because 
some of the chapters just have been so long. And it that last chapter was really long. It had like a page and a half of notes. And then we got a scathing email from Kelly in Brooklyn. Oh, we got so much sorry. trouble. Yeah, she's in Manhattan now. She's, fa- she's too fancy Moving for on up to the side. Mark your bingo cards. Is that? Uh, is I that don't know. East, is Manhattan the east side? Ish, uh, compared to Brooklyn. Two apartment in the sky. I know. It's to a tiny <laughs> yeah, apartment in Manhattan. Tiny. It's skinny. It's a very skinny apartment. To a skinny apartment in Manhattan. Yes. It's very long. It's just skinny. She lives in a really cool neighborhood. Mm-hmm. I mean, just the fact that we could walk to Central Park. <laughs> and then and, and uh, Riverside like, Park and all those restaurants. Yeah. And the bus that takes you over to the airport Straight is the right airport. there. It's amazing. Right there. It's great. And she's between two subway lanes. It's like so convenient. It is. It really Good job, is. Kelly. You did well. And I'm sure you're paying for it. <laughs> Ooh, sorry <laughs> Considering the that. real estate prices in, in New York. But chapter 18, <laughs> Mooney, Wormtail, Padfoot, and Prongs. Yes. And we're actually talking about animals again. Mm-hmm. And we know one of those. In the in the last chapter, we found out that Mooney was Lupin. Lupin, because he's, he's a, a werewolf. werewolf and, <laughs> and so, therefore, his the nickname moon is Mooney. Turns him into a werewolf. What if that's not why? Maybe there's another reason he got the Mooney. Oh, God. I hope it's not because he <laughs> drops his pants a lot. <laughs> Tells people his bottom. I hope, I hope that's not the case. You go, that's not why they call me Mooney. It's probably like it happened one time and they're like, hey, you know what? One time. <laughs> You're Mooney now. <laughs> it's like on the office where <laughs> Jim ate a tuna fish sandwich one time. On the first day. And he was big tuna. The Forever. Rest of the show. Yeah. So this is a short chapter. Uh, Sirius is foaming at the mouth to kill Peter slash Scabbers. Yeah, he's like twitching and face is doing all kinds of weird movements and stuff like well he's been in azkaban for 12 years i right? know i know but like we talked about in the last i'm ready chapter. to commit the murder that i was uh, charged for originally yeah he's he's really you can't tell these stories lupin there's no time no time I've hurry 12 up years i can't wait another minute the rat must die there's something going on there there's there's deeper issues. Maybe Dr. Phil needs to be consulted. Yeah, I think maybe Lupin had, or no, Lupin, uh, Sirius had to get on some medication mm-hmm. to even bounce, him back out. Him out a little bit. Um, maybe start meditating. This episode of Broomsticks and Butterbeer is sponsored by Zoloft. <laughs> Zoloft. Do not take Zoloft if you are pregnant, plan to be pregnant, plan to be around pregnant people. I've ever talked to a pregnant person on the phone. What? That's not that's not real. Do not take Zoloft if you're allergic to Zoloft, which you won't know unless you take it. <laughs> you always get mad at the commercials when they say that. How am I supposed to know? Don't take this product if you're allergic to it. Why would I? If I knew I was allergic to it, I wouldn't be taking it. I, you don't know people. People do crazy things. Remember the episode of Big Bang Theory where. He, he ate the peanuts 
to stall Leonard from his um, <laughs> his birthday party. Yeah, just because he knew he would have an allergic reaction. Yeah, see? So you never know. Sometimes life calls for you to have an allergic reaction in, well, in fiction. Sirius is having something worse than an allergic reaction because he is just ready to do some damage. He's ready to... Something really bad must have happened 12 years ago that we haven't gotten the information for yet. And he's ready to... Yeah, he really, really hates Peter. Besides the fact that he went away for murdering him. I mean, that's a big part of it. He he mentions that several times. I, I was imprisoned for this. Might as well do it now. Well, the trio still don't believe him. They still don't believe Lupin. They still don't believe Sirius. They still don't believe that Scabbers is actually Peter Pettigrew. But Lupin is trying to kind of be the voice of reason here. And <laughs> and so's Hermione. Yeah, I got that. Ron's my, like my screaming. <laughs> well, Ron's no! got a broken leg. Well, yes, this is true. But Hermione's like very calmly. But Professor Lupin. Mm-hmm. He can't be a person. He's just a rat. So I had that in my in my third line here. My second line, I've got Lupin says that the trio have the right to know the truth, especially Harry. Especially Harry. Given the connection between Sirius and Harry and Harry's parents and Voldemort, the alleged connection between them. Uh, Hermione calms the tension a bit with some intellectual questioning, doesn't she? Yes, it's like we're back in class. So... Kind of catch us up on what that was pertaining to. It was something about Animagi registration. Yeah, so they have to be, you have to keep tabs on them, the ministry does anyway, and because you could do a lot of bad things, I guess. If you if can turn you into an animal. can turn into an animal and nobody's aware of it. And, you know, if, if somebody says, hey, I was robbed by a raccoon last night, they could go check their list. Now and go, uh, Tommy. Like, no, I wasn't anywhere near that. That was just a jerk raccoon. <laughs> well, where were you last night? Do you have an alibi? Like that one time we, I saw the squirrel with a Kit Kat bar in our front yard. Yeah, yeah, that was still, a wizard. Still in the wrapper. That was a wizard. You, he just likes Kit Kat bars. But Hermione, through her studies, said that there had only been like seven on record. Yeah, I thought that was strange i mean yeah, i know it's a really odd. it's supposedly a really hard thing to do but now is it something that because we learn out later in the chapter that it's something that you can make yourself become yes is that the only way to become an animagi yes so, so you can't like be born like with the ability to turn into an animal no but there are people who can shift the way they look that's different. Okay. Um, so in the game, Hogwarts Mystery Game, my character... Available on all... Portable devices? Port- portable device platforms. <laughs> I don't know. Um, goes through the process. And it's like... It takes a really long time. It like, takes a month. And you have to have like rain from a storm or something. And that... And you have to put leaves under your tongue and keep them there for 30 days. And then on the next full moon, you have to do something. I mean, it's a big, long process. 
and then there's a potion you have to brew and it has to brew for a really long time and then you take the potion so Hermione's questioning is that Peter Pettigrew was never on that list of seven she saw McGonagall on the list yes and even like shows what they look like says you know what kind what animal they are and their markings what they look like so he can't be an animagi or animagus or however animagus I've heard I was animagus because ma, ma- magic so I was, I'm gonna but it sounds like maggot so I don't really like it <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's what they turn into. <laughs> he turned into a maggot. Oh, oh, that was Went not all this a trauma. waste. I kept, kept this leaf under my tongue for a whole month. I turned into a maggot. But she ascertains that Peter Pettigrew can't be because he's not on that list. And then we learn that. Well, before we get to that, I love how Lupin is so proud of. Hermione, <laughs> while Sirius is just foaming at the mouth, not having any, any other... Stop being proud of your, your students. I, I want to kill that rat so, 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 so bad. <laughs> and Lupin's like, spot on, <laughs> Hermione. And, and what does that mean? You figured out all of the facts, but what? now we need to put them together and come to a conclusion. Like, he's just leading her along like, it's, like it was a lesson. Mm-hmm. So we eventually get to the story. Before we get to the actual story of how Peter Pettigrew could be an animagi and not be on the list, the door op- to the be- uh, bedroom opens and closes on its own, adding to the haunted aspect of this house. Keep that in mind for later on in the chapter. Even though he says this house isn't haunted, it's only pretend haunted. Maybe it was the Grim. Oh. No, that's serious. Oh. We're done with the Grim. We already figured out that the big black dog is serious. Grim? No, no Grim. Oh. No more Grim. But it was in the, the tea leaves. No, that was just serious. Mm. The, the grim. No, no, we're done with the okay. Grim. Well, the Shrieking Shack, as you mentioned, was never haunted, was it? No. So... Tell us the story of the shack, the Weeping Willow, and how it pertains to lupuses. <laughs> I thought you were going to sum... Lupuses. Sorry, I was mentioning a, a disease. Lupin's history at Hogwarts. I thought you were going to like just list three random things like the name of the chapter. <laughs> Tell us about the Whomping Willow, the, yes, the shack, the shack, the and the werewolf. And the Lupin. <laughs> um, okay, so apparently when Lupin... Lupin was a boy. He was bit by a werewolf. And he thought he would never be able to come to Hogwarts. But Professor Dumbledore is very sympathetic and all-knowing and tolerant and whatevers. And he said, no, Lupin, you can come. It's okay. We'll just make sure you don't bite anybody. It'll be fine. And so the solution was that they would create this tunnel from Hogwarts to the Shrieking Shack, which was apparently just a shack back then, and plant the Whomping Willow so nobody else could go through the secret passage and sneak Lupin out every month for the full moon, put him in the shack, lock him up in like a, it's not a padded room, but basically lock him up in there and let him do his thing 
And then when he was human again, he could come back out. Makes sense. Yeah. And so he was in there. He made a bunch of monster noises. Apparently he he bit himself because he didn't have anything else to bite. Apparently he destroyed the build, the rooms. We saw all the furniture mm-hmm. smashed and whatnot. So people thought that the place was haunted. And Dumbledore was like, yeah, of course it is. You shouldn't go there. So Lupin, despite everything that was involved with the shack and these transformations, which he says are very painful, by the way, he's... Lupin says that his time at Hogwarts was some of the happiest of his life and that a lot of that was because he had found three great friends in Sirius Black, Peter Pettigrew, and Harry's father, James. And when they found out that Lupin was a werewolf, he was worried that they were going to desert him or be scared of him, but they did just the opposite of that, didn't they? Yeah, it... It's kind of sad. I mean, it took them years to be, to have learned enough and be clever enough and to brew this potion so that they could transform. But, so he was alone for, for, for a long time. And that, that part was kind of sad. I was like, even though that he, his friends did this, and I guess I didn't put, make the connection until I was reading the chapter that he did have to go through this every month for several years before he had that companionship. He had, he said he had a variety of excuses, like his grandma was sick, and he had to go help her, he had to go visit her. Yeah. I don't remember. He didn't list a lot of them, but he just said he had a variety of excuses. But, of course, his friends were like, no, this is literally every month you have to run away and go hide somewhere. Mm -hmm. Go do something. Doesn't make sense. So they were, I mean, they were still real good friends with him. But they weren't aware of what was happening with his transformations. But when they did, it seemed like that made the friendship even stronger instead of pushing them away. Yes. And then they um, went through this process. You know, like I said, they learned how to brew the potion and what they had to do. I don't know if it's real clear that you get to pick what you want to be. Kind of like your Patronus. It doesn't. You don't really get to pick it, but it's influenced by who you are. Yeah, because why would, why would Peter Pettigrew pick a rat? <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Maybe they needed somebody little to, like, sneak into things. Like, why can't he you was, be the rat? He was very handy. I want to be the dog. He's the one who went in and pushed on the little secret knot that made the tree not move. It's like, oh, but we need you for a special job. We need you, little buddy. Like, why can't you be the rat? I want to be the dog. I'm the big dog, obviously. Obviously. Sirius is the big dog. So the thing that kind of comes out of this that we don't get answers to and that Harry really wants answers to is that the revelation that Harry's dad, James, could change his form too. Mm -hmm. And Harry wants to know, okay, well, if Peter Pettigrew's the rat, Lupin's a werewolf, Sirius is a... The Grim! He's not the Grim! He's the Grim! Oh, no! No more. No more Grims. So he's just a a shaggy dog. Just a big, big, black, shaggy dog. Harry's thinking, well, well, what was my dad? And before Lupin could even answer, Sirius is still (laughs) over there twitching. (laughs) I can't wait any longer. You can't can't possibly say one more word. You can't just give the boy one more word. I have to kill this rat first. (laughs) 
You can tell him everything afterwards. There was a there was some mention though of when Lupin's three friends become animagi, that it actually strengths strengthens their relationship. It helps him f- physically, and it helps him emotionally too. Yeah, and and they start sneaking out of the shack and going and exploring and doing things and and Franny's like. Wasn't that dangerous? <laughs> what were you thinking? And he's like, yeah, but you know. But it was no danger to his friends because it said that werewolves are only a danger to humans. To humans. They don't harm other animals. Mm-hmm. So when they were in their animal form. And apparently with Sirius being a big dog and James being a big whatever, they could restrain him if they came close to humans. It sounded like they had to intervene a couple of times. He was like, and I hope too. I bit his tail. <laughs> sure, you helped a lot, little guy. Go get the knot. We Push the knot we so we can get him back into the, under the tree. Anybody need a knot to press? Yes, go, go. You helped a lot, my friend. We couldn't have done it without you. He's like the Ringo of the... <laughs> Of the group. I have a song about an octopus. You being a huge Beatles fan probably totally understand that reference. I totally don't understand that reference. I mean, I vaguely get it. I mean, I know he was a guy in the Beatles. What? what and there's uh, a song about an octopus, so that must have been his. And what, But uh, all their songs are weird. Play? One that made music. Just if you had to take a guess. Tambourine. I did not play the tambourine. Somebody did, right? Uh, Isn't there a tambourine in there? No, you're thinking of the monkeys. Oh, yeah. I love the monkeys. <laughs> in your opinion, monkeys greater than Beatles. Yes. Right? Okay. So much better than Beatles. I love the monkeys, too, but I can't can't put them up there in, in Beatle territory. Well, you weren't going to marry Davy Jones, so. <laughs> you don't know that. <laughs> it's 2020. <laughs> As we're recording this, you could be listening to this, and you could all be... Riding around on your rocket ships listening to this in the future. Hmm. I have put in my notes that... Well, getting back to the the whole support system, and then I'll I'll get to the next part in my notes. So it helped Sirius emotionally having other animals around to kind of comfort him. To speak animal with, yeah. But... You know, and they could like go into the shack and hang out with him, and it kind of calmed him down a little bit. But you know, it also helped him, you know, physically being able to, you know, have that support system there. And like you said, if they needed to, they said they had some close calls. Mm-hmm. Nobody ever got hurt, but they had some close calls. And if that support system wouldn't have been there, that uh, might have turned out even worse. But my next question for you was: so it's not common knowledge that. This escaped criminal, the only person to ever escape from Azkaban prison, who, according to the stories, committed one of the you know more horrible crimes in wizarding history, can change into an animal, right? No. It seems like the only people who know that are his three friends. And Lupin feels really guilty for not telling Dumbledore, but isn't this super irresponsible of Lupin because Lupin does Lupin believes all the bad stories about Sirius until the last chapter. Yes. So all this time when 
when Sirius is on the run, when Sirius is apparently coming after Harry, when Sirius is supposedly in everybody's mind, including Lupin, this horrible, horrible, horrible person, isn't it super irresponsible of him to not pass along the information that, hey, he can change into a big black dog too. We need to be, you know, keep an eye out for, for that as well. Or was he just holding out hope that Sirius wasn't bad after all? Well, first of all, the adults in these books are not always doing the right thing. Not at all. It's a shame when the kids got to step up and... <laughs> Clean up the mess. Yeah. Um, the kids are fighting all the big battles in, in these <laughs> books. Um, I would like to think that Lupin was secretly holding out hope i mean it was his best friend you never want to believe that your best friend would do something like that however i think he's also very logical and he saw the facts or what was presented as the facts and was like oh okay i guess but he kind of explains you know that he didn't tell dumbledore because you know it incriminates himself too because he'd have to explain how he knew this and there would be other questions raised well why did he did you guys do this and see but you know it turns he says it like breaks Dumbledore's trust that and faith that he put in Lupin from years and years and years ago lives on the line that's just super irresponsible doesn't mean people do the right thing you know, I'm very disappointed in the morality of a lot of these characters. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of them are just like covering their own hindsight, and it 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 really is disappointing at times. I'm really disappointed in a lot. You know, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> and sometimes that's worse when your mom tells you that. Yeah. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Uh, at the end of the chapter comes around and we learn about Snape's relation to the history of the four friends. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about how Snape fits into because it comes in like the last page and a half. Yeah, so there's a lot of parallels there with James and Snape and Harry and Malfoy. Like one's in Gryffindor, one's in Slytherin. They pretty much hate each other, but not really we For good reason. Probably shouldn't bring up Malfoy. I if Kelly's I, you listening. know, <laughs> but you know what I mean. There's not like mean. it's just like a, a prejudice that I they just you. have. Kelly just does not. She doesn't like us talking bad about like, Slytherin. Yeah. Um, so there's so there's a lot of parallels, you know. And then oh well, James is better at Quidditch, and then the Gryffindors beat the Slytherins. It's just like an ongoing rivalry mm-hmm. that that the boys took very personally and so it kind of kind of there's other things too but kind of in a similar way like you said that Malfoy's always kind of plotting a way to you know catch Harry like in the in the previous books when Harry would sneak off like Malfoy would like try to follow and and try to catch you know Harry out of the common room trying to catch Harry or set him up to be out sure and and a similar situation happened years ago with Snape and the four friends, mm-hmm. and that Snape was following 
them around, trying to see where they were sneaking off to all the time. And Sirius kind of pokes the bear a little bit and says, Hey, you if know you're what? curious, why don't you go find why don't out? Why you grab a big stick and press that little knot on the tree right there? And go right on down to the shack and figure it out. You'll get all, all the answers you ever wanted. And so Snape does. Yeah. And James has f- finds this out and has to go in and stop Snape from making it to the shack because if Snape encounters Lupin in his werewolf form, Snape's a goner. Yeah. And then and it's kind of like, "Oh, James saved Snape's life." Well, but James was protecting Lupin mm-hmm. more probably. Right. Because then Lupin would be in trouble. Not just in trouble, but he'd feel awful that right. he hurt somebody. And, and he'd probably leave school, and, and that would Sirius be the end too. of it. And Sirius would probably... Sirius was the one who kind of egged it on. Mm-hmm. He's kind of covering for his, his friend there, too. So, it's probably, like you said, probably less about saving Protecting Snape, Snape than and more about covering his friends. But Snape doesn't get hurt, but he does see... That Lupin Lupin's in a his werewolf. werewolf form. And Dumbledore kind of puts the kibosh on that. Says you can't tell anybody. You better not tell anybody. But ever since then, Snape has had a, a, a poor opinion of everybody in that group. Yeah. Well, he had a poor opinion of everybody in that group before. Sure. This just made it but worse. But this specific case kind of explains like why he's always keeping an eye on Lupin. Why? And then we, we also learned that uh, Snape has been brewing the Wolfsbane the potion, Wolfsbane potion. I, which I, is a newer yeah, invention. Apparently, they notes. didn't have it before. To help, which helps Lupin control the transformations. He still transforms, but he keeps his people mind. Yeah, and he's calm, and he says he just curls up in his office mm-hmm. as he a wolf and waits. takes a little nap and waits, mm-hmm. waits it out. I'm like, well, I want to, I want to hang out with that Lupin. Yeah, just snuggle up snuggle to him. him. Probably be pretty warm and cozy. Mm-hmm. So that that kind of explains a little bit of the the backstory between Lupin and Snape, and why there's always kind of this uncomfortable feeling between the two of them in the scenes that we've seen with with them together in this book. There's yeah, and always, he was kind of a, kind of this unease. He was kind of a jerk and made all of his all of Lupin's students uh, write essays about werewolves so mm-hmm. that they would figure it out. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even realize that until you said that. And Hermione did. Hermione figured it out. If someone here was a werewolf. How, how would you know? Would you know? If someone. Miss Granger, I'm going to need you to do some research. Okay. <laughs> research. I'm off to the library. What did I do to earn this reward? <laughs> I didn't even realize that Snape had ulterior motives for his homework. Yes, he did. Well, speaking of Snape, remember that uh, haunted door that opened and closed? Oh, yeah. Turns out... That's not haunted. Not haunted. Turns out Snape is in the room. Dun, dun, dun. under the invisibility cloak and entered the room and caught the last half of this conversation between Lupin and Sirius and... Hermione, Hermione and, and Ron and, and Harry and apparently Peter Pettigrew. So my question to you is, 
Sna has Snape been aware of the invisibility cloak this whole time? Of Harry's? No. Just the invisibility cloak in general. Well, invis invisibility cloaks are a thing. They are a thing. In wizard world. Why doesn't everybody have them? I don't know. Well, okay, so the the invisibility cloaks that wizards have, apparently you can get them, make them, buy them, whatever, but they don't last very long. They, they deteriorate and quit working and whatever, and you have to buy kinda, a new one. Kind of like a Kia automobile. <laughs> yeah, it only lasts for so long. Um, but Harry's is, and his father's one is different because it's never lost its power. Okay. So when... I believe that when we last saw the invisibility cloak, it was left in the passage behind the But Hermione statue. went and got it. Okay. And That's they right. used it to go That's see right. Buckbeak and come back. That's right. So. They have it with them. Or maybe he dropped it. Where did Snape get the... Oh, they, they when they got into the, the shack, they probably dropped it. And he probably picked it up. And it probably is the same one as Harry's. So he saw this... <clears throat> just this, like poncho on the floor and knew that it would make him invisible? Yeah, because they knew it was an invisibility cloak. When Harry first unwrapped it and showed it to Ron, he knew what it was. Okay. When he finds, when Snape finds this invisibility cloak, do you think that he immediately said, oh, Potter's been using this for <laughs> the last <laughs> three years? That's why I've always been one step behind him. <laughs> um, probably somewhere in the back of his mind. I feel like the, the situation was a little more urgent, and he probably might not have dwelled well, he, on that. No, you know he did. Oh, you know, he okay. totally did. There's a whole chapter called Snape's Grudge <laughs> in this book. This guy doesn't let things go. No. He probably... I'm surprised he didn't just burst into the room. Potter, you've been using this cloak for the last three years. I mean to have a word with you. Yes, but he didn't know what he was walking into. So he decided to use the invisibility cloak to sneak in on Lupin and Sirius. To sneak in with the, the door just miraculously <laughs> opening. Bursting open. Nobody here. Nothing to see here. I feel like we should have just left the door open and maybe heard a floorboard creak or something. Would Don't tell J.K. Rowling how to write. Less obvious. <laughs> Don't tell this woman how to write her books. Well, that's the end of Chapter 18, Mooney, Wormtail, Padfoot, and Prongs. So we know that Lupin was Mooney. We know that Peter Pettigrew was Wormtail. Yes. We know that... Because we're as clever as Hermione. We know we these We know things. that Sirius would be Padfoot. Yes. His dogs have padded feet. And then that brings us to Prongs. Yep. James Potter has to be Prongs. So, I have to tell you that I have no, I, no, no recollection of this from the movies. <laughs> so, my mind started thinking, like, is he a porcupine? Is he like a hedgehog? We, we know that he's a bigger animal. Okay, is he a big he porcupine? <laughs> is he a big hedgehog? He says because of their size, they could help keep me out of trouble. Man, I don't and know. we know he's not talking about 
Peter? I don't know. I kind of want to look it up on my phone right now, but I'm not going to do that because that would go against the essence of this podcast. Yes. Okay. Well, I was very color worried. me intrigued. I was very worried the other day when you were trying to find sound bites and it was showing you like clips of things that haven't happened yet. I was like, no. Yeah, but, yeah, but spoilers. Well, babe. that's that's our next uh, that's our next venture here. We're gonna have have some sound <clears throat> some sound bites that we can just drop in throughout the. The show kind of like an idiot shock jock radio style. <laughs> it's just gonna, yeah, it's just gonna be. I just looked up, it was like, uh, like top 10 Hermione one liners or something like that. It's great, mm -hmm. just a wonderfully done character. A little montage of her favorite. Well, that's the end of chapter 18. Things are. You know, the last few chapters have been kind of interesting because we haven't had a lot of, you know, scene changes. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm assuming the next chapter is going to pick up right in, in the in next the same second. house. Yeah. So it's been, you know, kind of a, you know, different storytelling device than we've used in the past. But it really kind of makes you want to want to go on. You were saying that when you were reading that, that you wanted you were sad that the chapter was so short. And you wanted to keep going to the next one. Yep. It's. But she had to kind of do it this way. I mean, there's so much going on, so much information, backstory. If she lumped this all together, we'd have, you know, struggle to keep it straight. We get little breaks this way. Anything else you want to add about Chapter 18? Because we have an email. Ooh, an email. That is its top secret email because you haven't shared it with me. Yeah, because I, I thought it was funny and I wanted to get your genuine reaction to it. as we. Record. I'm going to no-sell it then. Uh, no selling for those of you out there is a wrestling term for when somebody performs a wrestling maneuver to you and you act like it had no effect on you. Or when you're walking around Six Flags during Fright Fest and one of the characters jumps in your face and screams and you give absolutely no reaction, which is what I do. Which hurts their feelings quite a bit because that's their <laughs> one lot in life at that moment is to try and scare me. So anything else about chapter 18? You're ready for the email. There was something that I thought I wanted to bring up, but I don't remember what it was. We moved past it so fast. There was so much going on. Uh, there, was, there was a lot going on in about a five-page chapter. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty crazy. Uh, you can always email us, broomsticks.butterbeer at gmail.com. Uh, if you're interested in sponsoring an episode of our show, you can email us broomsticks.butterbeer at gmail.com or tweet us at broomsticksb. And even if you don't tweet us, just give us a follow on Twitter at broomsticksb and on Facebook as well. We are Broomsticks and Butterbeer on Facebook. And this email comes from Samantha in Tallahassee. Tallahassee? And she harkens all the way back to book one. Oh, that was a long time ago. And she says in book one, there's a line that says... The lake froze solid, and the Weasley twins were punished for bewitching several snowballs so that they followed Quirrell around, bouncing off the back of his turban. Does this mean the Weasleys were pelting Lord Voldemort in the face with snowballs? <laughs> <laughs> um. Man, I hope so. I Yeah, there is. Okay, so it depends on when it was. I don't remember. I'd have to go back and like do the research and I'm kind of giddy about going and back and doing the research like Hermione. But um, there's a line in the story where it said that 
Voldemort had to keep a closer watch on his disciple or whatever on Quirrell. And so he that's when he actually got into joined bodies, faces, heads, whatever. So he wasn't in there the whole time. Because that's how they explain Harry shook, touched Quirrell beforehand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, beforehand. And it didn't hurt Voldemort. So depends on when it was. And when they joined together. So it, it is possible that they were, the Weasley boys were, got the opportunity to throw snowballs, snowballs. at the face of the Dark Lord. Yes. Now, did possible. Harry feel anything like that? Like, oh, God, I just got to chill all of a sudden. <laughs> Maybe. It's kind of drafty. He thought cold, it was drafty. It's like, no, it's like 75 degrees in here. What are you talking about? I don't know, man. I just, my face just got cold all of a sudden. Like my but, scar just got, got like really cold. <laughs> I hope that I hope that Voldemort was on the back of Quirrell's head when snowballs were <laughs> following him around, and he's just getting angrier and angrier because he can't do anything about it. And he's I'm so, gonna go kill another unicorn. He's very Arr. weak at this point, we know, in in book one. So thank you, Samantha, for livening Pointing that out things for us. up a little bit here. I never didn't even didn't even think about that, but it's very fun to think that that. That it probably was because I don't feel like she would have included it. Man, I hope so. If if it wasn't the case, I really hope that's the case. I think she threw that little nugget in there for somebody who was clever enough to catch it. So that's the kind of stuff we love. Listeners sending in, even if it's a question, if it's a comment, tell us something we're doing good. Tell us something we could do better, or if it's something that you found that you think would be of interest of us. As long as it's a book that we've covered before. We'll give it a shout out on the air, even yeah. if it goes back to. If it's one. not, then we have to wait. Yeah, but we we will use we'll it. catalog it. We we will catalog. We'll it. We'll print it out and stick it in that book like a bookmark. And when yes. we get to that book and that whatever incident it is that it references, then we'll yes, talk about it. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. So broomsticks.butterbeer at gmail And like I said, if you're interested in sponsoring an episode, uh, you can reach out to us on. Uh, at that email as well, or on the Twitter tweets. Uh, anything uh, else you want to add before we wrap up here? No, I'm. I think I'm good. I'm just excited to get to the next episode. All right, so that was chapter 18, and I don't have the uh, chapter name in front of me, so I'm gonna try to remember. It was Mooney, uh huh, Wormtail, uh huh, Padfoot, yep, and Prongs. Prongs. And I, we, I think it's in that order. We don't know what Prongs is. Nope, one of us big doesn't. Big hedgehog. One like of us doesn't know. Like Sonic the Hedgehog. Like a big, like human-sized hedgehog. Nope. With super speed. Nope. Okay. Well, until next time, this has been Broomsticks and Butterbeer. Thanks, everybody, for downloading, listening, and subscribing on whatever podcast platform you're using. Go ahead and leave us a five-star review if you're enjoying what we're doing. And we will see you next time for Chapter 19 of Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. Until then, I am using the Ravenclaw mic, but I am your Hufflepuff host, Dan Rhino. And I am using the bright yellow, super bright yellow Hufflepuff mic, but I am a Ravenclaw and Jessica Rhino. See you next time. Bye.